Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Welcome, this is Sharon Swing. Thank you so much for listening to the One Life Maps podcast. I'm sitting around the table today with my good friend, Sybil Towner. Hi, glad to be here. And I'd like to introduce you to a new friend of mine, an old friend of Sybil's. This is Lisa Anderson Umanya. Hello there. So glad you could join us. Thank you. We just came from a Listen to My Life facilitator certification workshop. And it was two and a half days of a gathering of people sitting in a room together experiencing the Listen to My Life visual maps, and then also talking about what that looks like to take those maps to others. Now, there's some backstory between Sybil and Lisa that maybe we ought to start back then, but need to give you a little bit of context we'll come back to later. Lisa is the Director of Leadership Development for Christian Camping International and in Latin America. And so she has a perspective and listen. And how long have you lived in Latin America now? Uh, 36 years. 36 years. It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) You moved there when you were two or so? (laughs) Right out of college, 22. (laughs) 22 years old. Okay. And she's got a master's in educational studies from Trinity and also then, is it a doctorate from Wheaton? Yeah, it was a master's from Wheaton and a Ph.D. from Trinity okay. Evangelical Divinity School. In what topics? Uh, Wheaton was educational ministries with specialty in camping. And from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, that was in educational studies again with uh, emphasis in leadership development and cross-culture. Mm-hmm. And and just say, what was your um, thesis on? What was... Well, the thesis is was from Wheaton, and that was on analyzing, uh, doing a qualitative evaluation of a 17-day-long training event uh, for certifying teachers to be instructors in camping. And then the dissertation was on how do leaders emerge and how do they grow in Latin America. So incredibly interesting. So how did you and Sybil get connected (laughs) well Sybil stood up in front of a audience of 1200 people camping people at a big national convention in 1985 and a lot she it was this bold blonde-haired woman that stood up and just shouted out amongst uh, an audience probably mostly of men and said something really wise and I remember sitting there thinking that was really smart, and she just said it. I'm going to go up and meet her. So I, I found her in the crowd afterwards, and we started talking, and Sim, can, <laughs> you can feel like she's a friend right after you meet her, and, and then we just kept in touch, and then she sent someone, uh, Carl Offhouse, who came to work with us for a few weeks, and then mm-hmm. I went to work with her at uh, College Hill in Cincinnati for a summer, and that's where we really bonded, and we've I've just stalked her ever since wherever she goes <laughs> I follow her <laughs> I can't tell you how many times she has mentioned your name over the years and I was so happy when you walked in the room but I actually got to put a face with the <laughs> name yeah but actually one of the beautiful things and I think you'll talk about it because uh, it certainly connects to listen to my life but it um, always has to do with our stories but this aspect of uh, relationship 
which we're just speaking about now, but also of equipping, that we're always having a chance to build in to the life of another and help someone become who they are and actually sometimes becoming more than they can think or imagine, but not your expectations, but who is the God in them that wants to be expressed through them as who they really are. And we need each other to be able to do that. And so that was one of the sparks that um, connected us in this work. Hmm. It seemed to, to bond you as well. So I understand you worked with the MAPS together kind of early on. Because, I mean, we've been working with Listen to My Life for, what, 18 years now? Something mm-hmm. like that? And so we've got quite a history with them. So I understand you encountered the MAPS, Lisa, pretty early on in in our uh, in our development of the MAPS and all. Say a little bit about what you remember about that. The first connection I distinctly remember was actually the um, children in worship. It was a contemplative sort of a manner of doing, uh, teaching children. And then it was the, the whole how she did camping and the use of experiences. And it really wasn't until uh, she came down and she did a workshop uh, together with Pati Garza, a Mexican. And it was there that she first had literally the drawing. And, uh, and it was, I didn't do it with her, but she showed me what it was. And I was, you know, very intrigued because at that point we were focusing on using her curriculum with how to teach children the Bible with this kinesthetic means. So it wasn't until a few years later that then the big maps came out. And uh, so she, I invited her to come. And so she worked with our counselors for campers 8 to 12 years old. And we uh, translated uh, one of the maps into Spanish for children. And so she worked with the counselors beforehand. And then we did several of the camps for that age group but the impact was on the counselors for them just to do that and start their life and uh an analysis of their life and I, I think what had me most captured was the very specificity of how to listen so i i i was actually more <laughs> impacted by the how to listen guidelines and to teach those to children and then the map um that we that we used for the parents after when they came to pick up the kids was we used the review your map and we converted review, it. You're reviewing my days? I'm sorry, reviewing your days. Um, we put that into a placemat. So we, we gave each family, they met with their kids, they, we told them what we had taught their kids about their kids are learning to listen. And then we said, okay, we're going to pretend we're in the family setting. And so we gave them each a map and they gathered around and they practiced a little bit. And we noticed the wor- the worst listeners were like mom and dad because every time a kid would answer something, they'd be like, and I told you, and, you know, it would be this sermonette sort of moment. So we would kind of say to the parents, remember, here's the listening guidelines. So I think I was more captivated by the listening part. And then later on, you know, I began to discover some of the other maps that we use. But for teaching kids how to do that and counselors, just how to listen was an amazing experience like that was growth producing. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, Sharon, because someone might be listening, um, 
that reviewing my days, what were some of the kinds of what are the kinds of questions that are on that map that are really suitable for children and parents to speak from where they are? Which ones come to mind? High, well, low, plus. Yeah. The ones that my kids remembered that, well, we put the plus on there. Like, what yes, did they learn? We, yes. So we did. And as we translated it, too, um, but but the definitely the high lows was something that people would talk about mm-hmm. afterwards. On, yes. And on the map, the way we set it for the adults is where do you, where did you feel energy today? Or where was your energy high? Where, uh, what happened today that was energy draining? And then another one was, what is your body telling you? And um, for the kids, we were doing it more like what made you smile? Uh-huh. <laughs> what made you frown? Because we're working with, right. you know, eight-year-olds. So we had to modify the highfalutin language <laughs> and make it more like what made you smile <laughs> or laugh or yes. giggle. Yes, which mm-hmm. is really your body. That's mm-hmm. It uh, is your yes, body, right. Yes, right. so it just is a very appropriate way to uh, to say that. And the forgiveness, you know, what I think we had one that talked about, do you need to ask forgiveness, uh, you know, or, or forgive someone? So mm-hmm. um, they were very powerful. So, yes, and another one was, what do you intend for tomorrow? Right. And, um, and where are you noticing God's activity? Hmm. Yeah, so basically you were contextualizing not only into another language and culture, but also to an age appropriate setting it sounds mm-hmm. like yeah and i think Sybil, you gave me the book about something like hiding playing seeking searching for god it was a book but then there was a game to it where the kids at the end of the day had to almost sugar, like a hide and go seek you know where can they find right. god do you remember the name of that book i, I don't remember it, i don't are we talking re- about karen main's book yes. oh yes yes um What's the god hunt there yes. it is yes the and, god and hunt. that that helps because it's this visual activity so that the kids kind of could latch on to that now we've got a podcast episode where we interviewed karen means about the god hunt and um that particular book is basically another way to think about the practice the spiritual practice of the examine which in the listen to my life materials we call reviewing my days karen main calls the god hunt and basically how do we tune our how do we tune our it, ourselves to be able to notice where God is interacting with us, especially and where God is in, in in the world around us? Especially when the kids were coming home, and I don't know if it was season, but they were coming home and always complaining about school, and and it was very negative attitude. And so we were trying to use that approach, the God hunt, to say, well, where did God show up? Because we were trying to counter with something positive what was was becoming a negative experience when they would come home or they'd be talking to their friends and can you believe the teacher did this or that so in elementary school they were into hide and go seek so that hunt idea where did you see him and <gasps> you might have missed him you know today so that that was yeah, you got to be paying attention mm-hmm. you got you got you got to be in the game <laughs> yes. the God hunt when you're mm-hmm. playing hide and go seek right <laughs> so this was very playful and i just want to give you a little context or picture um Lisa and Alfredo live um, in um, Tegucigalpa and up in sort of the mountain area. And they have a um, uh, they have a home that is a story in and of itself that is a, a part of the gift of her dad who 
realized my daughter is not coming home. Mm-hmm. And if she's not coming home, I want to be sure she is living all right here. And families in uh, Honduras and in other Latin American countries would not just send their kids to camp. It does not feel safe. And so the camps are done in the property around their home. The children come and tents are set up and they, the Sunday school classes, because it comes out of the church, the boys stay one weekend, the girls stay another weekend. They, they stay in tents. They use their home for the bathroom. They prepare their meals together. She's created a little mini water park uh, that, uh, where they can splash and get wet and a slip and slide. And uh, it is just a beautiful expression of... Um, of allowing a child and, frankly, their families to integrate and experience the love of God, not just sitting around in a chair in a Sunday school lesson, but really experiencing him in the midst of creation, in the midst of play with one another, and then wondering and reflecting. And so that's a part of what one of the maps did. And I took my granddaughter when she was in high school, and I remember sitting on their property, and we were doing the My Life Now map and um, and using the Spanish um, translation and uh, having her share with me what was real in her heart at that particular time um, in her life and thinking, what a beautiful gift to be able to experience this with Lisa and her family and her friends and bring a part of my family. One of the things that I love about the maps is their versatility because they could be used in a one-on-one session. Uh, they can be used simply as a means for to open up communication between a, a grandma and her granddaughter or a mother and a son. And so the, the, the fact that the, the artwork is, is beautiful, colorful, but not distracting. Uh, when I've just opened them up, literally they, they haven't even read it. There's, ooh, ah, and grabbing pencils and looking for colored pens and pencils. Like immediately there's a desire they, they seem to know that there's something about their story that needs to be documented on them, right? And the, the attractiveness of it is, is that they can, they can draw on it and then there's, there's guided questions. And, so, you know, sometimes the parent or the adult doesn't know how to have a deeper conversation. And so the map becomes a means for even further communication down the, ro- the road. And if it's in a group context as well, the counselor is able to use them. Because a lot of times these maps are used in a context of a one-on-one spiritual friendship or mentoring or counseling or coaching kind of relationship or a small group relationship. But then you're helping the kids become self-aware and God-aware and then training the parents to connect with the kid over the content of what they're noticing about themselves and God and the world around them if you can get the listening guidelines in place, right? Yeah, the listening guidelines, I do have a funny experience. I'll have to, I'm sure my friend Marcella won't ma- mind this, but uh, a friend of mine was like, well, I want to meet Sybil, and you talk so much about her, and uh, and, and let's, let her teach me. And, you know, so I took her to my prayer partner, and, 
And so Sybil's like, okay, Lisa, you go ahead and share. Um, and so I started sharing, and I was three sentences in, and my friend interrupts me, and uh, which is a very normal Latin thing. If you're ever around a table, everyone's talking at once, and listening is different. And, and uh, so I remember Sybil was like, Marcella, hold on a second. Let, let her finish. Remember, here's the guidelines, you know, you about letting the person finish and you're listening. And, you know, I got one more paragraph in, and then she jumped in and was giving me advice. And, no, I think you should do this, Lisa. And Sybil, you know, in that kind, special voice that she has, <laughs> you know, again, was like, you might want to consider not giving advice, but just listening. And so I think by the third interruption, my friend was like at this point, okay, Sib, I get your point, but just let me let me listen the way I listen. Like there was, <laughs> there was this frustration level of, you know, but but it was a it was really cool because you're like, wow, it's this isn't a natural thing. I mean no. this listening guideline is it's counterintuitive. It's not and so as a even as a Christian educator, a part of the the uh, work with the children and worship in that, but this whole aspect that the maps bring and this um, aspect of this particular curriculum is a reflective space and giving someone enough room to be uh, reflective on their own life and not having someone, as I've heard Lisa say before, sermonize them and telling a person what to think, but allowing them to express what is in them and wonder with it and question with it and have a safe place to bring it to the surface and recognize that there is a God within, not someone telling them who God is to them. I, I feel like there's a certain humility that's required that you take yourself out of being the protagonist in a conversation with a friend, a mentor, a disciple. You you don't set yourself up as a protagonist of saying, I'm going to be the one to give the wise question or the wise advice that you, you actually remove yourself and you allow the Lord uh, to speak into the person's life. And so you, you allow yourself a much more humble ro role. Uh, and, and that is exactly what parallels with the whole contemplative approach to teaching the Bible for children that's found in, in the very first uh, material that Sybil showed us was the children, young children mm -hmm. in worship. You, you are not the front and center stage. I'm the speaker and the one who's... So uh, to me, that I've seen that in contemplative a way, way to teach the Bible, and now you see it through and through in the map. And it takes a tremendous confidence in the Lord is going to show up. Right. It's, there is a piece of this work that is so profound because of the fact that in all of our schooling and everything else, we're required to listen a lot, but we're not taught how to. And mm -hmm. what you take it down to a present, you know, if it's a presentational kind of situation, you kind of know your place and you sit quietly. But as soon as you get into a conversational kind of a setting, the listening is is so much more di just different. You're listening to talk. You're waiting. You're listening because you're thinking up something intelligent you're going to say. So you're you're not listening to to truly allow the Lord to come through. You're listening to talk. Right, We're waiting for a break in the action, right? Exactly. Yes, it's like a ping pong match. You say something, 
the ball comes across, and then I say something. And I try to up the ante and make a little better shot, and then you try to make a little better shot. And the way Paul Tournier would say, talk about it, he would say, this is conversations between the deaf. And, uh, and it isn't that that kind of conversation or um, a vibrant sharing of stories and equal interruption of one another does not have its place. It's just if it is the only kind of conversation that you're in, we become deeply lonely inside for a part of us to find expression and to find a hearing and actually to be found by God. And that's one of the ways we can be incarnational with one another in learning to be a good listener. Yeah, we're not on a crusade to end all banter. No, <laughs> no, no. I think we're saying, can you, if you have a, it's a, enlarge your repertoire, so that you you have the normal back and forth. And I love talking with Marcella, and you mm-hmm. know, that's part of the way we talk and go back and forth, and you the tone goes up and the pitch, and and it's exciting and it's energetic, and that we've got down. But the fact that we are given a whole other way to listen, it just enlarges the repertoire and it does the same thing as a parent, not mm-hmm. just with friends, but with your parents of listening and saying, this isn't the moment for me to give advice. Yeah, and w- as parents, we have to learn when to stop parenting <laughs> and just listen. And that is a huge journey because our kids keep growing up, for gosh sakes. <laughs> why, I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just an amazing thing to, to have to, to realize that we finally get down parenting a kid that's five years old, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're six. And then we don't know how to parent a six-year-old. And, and for gosh sakes, then when they get to be like 16 or mm-hmm. 18, or then they get like, 22 and get married or something like my son just did it's all it it, we're out of our comfort zone and there's a whole new way but yet this kind of longing that we all have to connect with one another in a way that is deep and real and and invites the holy spirit in the mix is a little bit different pace and a little bit different style okay i want to go back to the two of you and Lisa, you call Sybil your mentor. Tell me a little bit about what Sybil has meant to you as a mentor in terms of what has happened in you. Oh, man. Because of the fact that Sybil has done certain things a certain way in your relationship. She's got tears in her (laughs) eyes. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, first... It was just the inspiration in the world of camping. A very strong leader, but one with wisdom. So the whole camping aspect has, has been ongoing, even though she's she moved out of direct camping ministry and into uh, Willow Creek and was in a church setting and now is back at, you know, at a retreat <laughs> center. So um, just everything from uh, the general approach to uh, staff training and how to work with young people and your counselors and and then the whole her whole perspective of the lifespan development um, in in terms of being able to um, see the different stages that kids go through with Susan Shadid they've worked on a wonderful piece that helps you understand 
the stages that your campers and you know children will go through to grow so th there's been a theoretical piece that she's provided but the one of the most enriching has been uh the numerous one-on-one -on -one. like her home there's hundreds of people who've talked about her home and being received and so if i'm in chicago or i'm in cincinnati uh the warmth such that it extends to my friends. Back in 2010, I brought the whole Sunday School Department leadership, <laughs> and we camped out in her house for several days. When, and and were taught about how to use this contemplative, you know, young children in worship. And my my people were more impressed with her than just the thing that we're trying to teach them, because she, the teacher, is incarnates, you know, the content, and so. And then, then you bring in my family. I mean, they've loved uh, my husband. You know, they've counseled us through personal, you know, cross-cultural, because Alfredo's a uh, Honduran. So there's been times when they've helped us in our marriage and our different views of finances. You know, Dick gets in there with his good sense, <laughs> his good sense, and then the good sense money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, if, as if that's not enough, are my kids have been embraced. I mean, Sybil, my mom died when before I got married, and so Sybil was able to sense the need in my heart, and she was present and there right after my daughter was born, mm -hmm. within hours. And so she was that mother figure, you know, that that was there. So <laughs> that was amazing. And then my kids love her. They're intimidated, and rightly so, because she's so intense and so deep. You know, and she looks, at me, they look at Sybil and they're like, oh man, she's worse than you, mom. Like, <laughs> she's way intense. And, but they love her, you know, they love going to, to stay at her house and, and, um, just enjoying the warmth of the home. And so my, my son even was wanted to intern. He interned last summer for a week with Dick and, He's like, Mom, I don't know why I can't work harder than an 80-year-old. I mean, Dick is, like, still working hard, and he was 17. And so Dick's the admirable figure, you know, the strength behind uh, this this amazing woman. So there's a holistic approach where she just doesn't em embrace you as a brain, not just as a practitioner, but as a whole family. Mm -hmm. So I could go on and on, but, it, you know, yeah, it's it's been a great journey and an adventure. And I think it's one of the ways in which um, God provides, because um, a part of what Lisa shared, and, and, and I just receive that as a beautiful gift, but those qualities were also in her mom, mm -hmm. and, but they were taken from her early in her life. And uh, so in a sense of having another provision um, in a different way and that wasn't in a familial way so it gave a great deal of freedom uh, in our relationship and uh, of that equipping and and my desire to be a part of equipping the next generation of godly character and godly leadership so what am I looking for someone who wants to learn someone who wants to be developed and and uh, so in seeing that aspect of desire to have people grow, and I just think there are many, many looking for that. And so as those of us who get older, rather than becoming elderly, to become elders. 
to become elders and mentors to those in another generation and mm -hmm. to encourage their growth. That is so well said in terms of don't become elderly, but <laughs> become an, an elder, elder. Yeah. And, and you know find find what you have to pass on and Lisa it sounds like like you've gotten a whole fistful of things to pass on mm -hmm. um, from your own experiences that you can teach others but I mean you have been incredibly well equipped in multiple different mm -hmm. ways what do you see in your future um well, it's been a really, we're here, my husband and I are here, our kids are at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, and that's my home base, and so we're actually here for a furlough, so we've only been here a couple months, and so to go to this facilitator training is just a cake and eating it, <laughs> and the frosting all at once. Yeah, and we had Portillo's cake here, too, so <laughs> it was, we had cake in, at the... At <laughs> So I feel um, that, but interestingly enough, I feel like it's a time to receive, to a time to, con there's been a lot of output over the years. And so I feel like this has been a really good season to do the maps, to, to begin to, to receive feeling, you know, the Lord's good pleasure. So um, there's, this is a very timely workshop for me to have attended. And so I don't know how many more years the Lord will have me in, in Honduras and in Latin America. I'm sure as long as the Lord gives me breath, I'll continue to serve. And uh, the the next phase probably has to do with uh, uh, developing a team of writers and editors and publishers so that what God is already doing in Latin America and the, you often hear nasty things and sad things about Central America and Latin America, but God is alive and well, mm -hmm. and he's touching many people's hearts. And, and yet sometimes in the world of camping, there's no one who's documenting it. So one of the things I'd like to do is to, to, to form a group of writers who are able to document and uh, spread to other people in other countries what it exactly it is, the means that God is blessing. So if there's a great camp activity or a campfire activity, the blessing isn't just like, oh, man, it was so amazing and so many people were blessed. But for someone to say, and so what did you do at that campfire? Oh, well, we had questions. Well, what were the questions? Um, and, you know, how, what was the sequence of events that you did around the campfire? So it's not just the campers for that event and that moment in time were blessed, but someone knows how to write and, and say, you know, this camp program was really good. I think someone in another country could benefit from it. So how do you write that? How do you mm -hmm. write it up? And that's what I have to say was a, another part that I didn't even realize I came to receive in this facilitating training was the quality of what you guys have written in terms of the the ability to self-direct on the maps and those little booklets the intro booklets are so well written that to me it's a it's a splendid example of how to write curriculum well and mm -hmm. that little box that you guys have and um, the visual aids it is a like it's very difficult to find something so the economy of words. Sometimes right now there's just too many words and we all get overwhelmed and like, oh man, I can't read all that. But you guys have, there's a lot of white space on your 
booklets so that you don't feel overwhelmed. You're instructed, you're clearly guided of how to do, in this case, it's how to fill out a map, how to listen, the guidelines are not extensive, and then how to debrief the listening experience. All of that is very clear. And so my admiration has grown and, and it just gives me a vision for what how we want to teach our people in Latin America how to write up the activities that they do. Mm. So what's the front inter interior landscape frontier for you? What's, what's God up to inside of you right now? Uh, you guys didn't tell me you are going to be asking me that question, Errol. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. We'll do the peaks. Uh, that, the peak map, <laughs> that was so peak revealing. Peak experience map. Peak, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how to That's say okay. it right. But I'll keep interpreting for you. <laughs> please, please, Sharon. Thank you. Um, I hadn't realized, because you focus on the first 20 years, and for those of us who have more than 20 years, <laughs> we, we focused on the first 20 to me, that was the most revealing thing that the peak experiences, when you reflected on them and your your people that were listening to you fed back in, the, those are exactly the things that I'm doing now in ministry. Like I could trace those clearly back. I'll just give one example. We're out at the Springs with Sybil one time and we're walking around and I was so drawn to the, to the hikes. And so in the woods, you know, you see these openings and she'd be like, oh, that's the Narnia hike or that's this, you know, pathway. And, and I was so drawn to it. And Sybil does one of these comments like, well, that might be kind of the motif of your life. And I remember being like, whoa, you know, what does that mean? And so I didn't unpack it. I was it. just stamping through the woods. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like just enjoying this pathway. And so then you go to the Peaks map, Peaks experience. Mm -hmm. And I remembered that as a kid, I would go out in the woods and I would make trails for the go-kart and the, and the motorbike and the bicycle. And I would, we had like a hundred acre woods, you know, with Winnie the Pooh type style, you know. <laughs> and so we would, Christopher Robin, we'd go out and I would do that. And then I'd bring people in and we would play. And so that's exactly what I have done in Latin America. I mean, by God's grace, I have opened up pathways, developed new areas of curriculum, um, kind of crazy recreational facilities. And so I wouldn't have made the connection unless through that, except through that map and then hearing other people's input. So that's, that's just, I, it, I was celebrating. I, I, I mean, so the inner landscape was actually not just, you know, hardcore crying and, and sorrow, which some of the maps do to you, but this was like, yuppie, I'm on a peak and I'm jumping up and down and so excited to make the connections. And just to say that, to realize it doesn't matter what age you are, you will continue to create pathways. So you have, for the past number of years, been writing curriculum. Mm -hmm. You're not Latin. You know what it is to enter into the footsteps and shoes of being Latin. Mm -hmm. You practiced and mm -hmm. learned that. But now you're saying there need to be Latins who have a pathway created for them to be able to write and realize that they can write. They don't have to have it from someplace else. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they become 
givers to a broader world, whether it's another country, city, or place. So it just, uh, it's amazing how that motif can translate into so many different ways. And then it added on to wanting to include your team of One Life Maps for 2021. So obviously there's some ramifications there. We'll see how that goes. We're, we're on her schedule now. We have a wonderful so. plan for your lives. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, in, in, in one of the maps, Sybil had a, had a quote in there that, she, that, that was inserted. It says, um, well, how is it? God loves you, you and everyone else, else has, has a plan, plan for, for your, your life. life. Yes. <laughs> As yes. opposed to what the tracks used to say, of God loves you and has, <laughs> has a plan a, for your life. life. Right. God loves you and everyone else has a plan for your right. life. And, so. you'd, and we spend a lot of our lives sorting out those everyone mm. else's to get down to God having a plan for our life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think what I hear in the midst of, of what you just said about the peak experiences map, it's, it's, it's somehow God confirming your path mm-hmm. of what you're doing to, mm-hmm. to be able to see the, the history and the, and the threads that come through. It Absolutely. All. It's, you stand in awe of what the Lord does because you're never going to be smart enough to be able to plan out your life like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And that just that he had his hand on it the whole way and still does and will, and just what a what a blessing mm-hmm. to hear that and know that. Yes, I so just yeah, I just feel like I would love to uh, uh, just before we close out this, would just love to pray for you and for this work. And thinking about how many you have fifteen writers. We hope to form a team of twenty writers to, of so this writers, team, editors, and publishers yet so, to be yes. So this team formed. of twenty writers in Latin America, and someone may hear this podcast who knows of someone who ought to be a part of that group. Mm. And uh, so I would just like to offer that and believe in God for it. And so and also you're raising money for those people to be employed, are, right? We're praying for 20 sponsors who will donate $1,000 a year for us to be able to, to, some of them need equipping, like they just have a tablet, they don't have a computer, uh, we'll need to fly them to different places in Latin America for training. And the what we hope to do is return to, to go to Pittsburgh in 2023. That'll be the end of the five-year experience so that we can gather with the sponsors. Many of them are from our, my hometown in Pittsburgh. Meet the sponsors bring them in from wherever they've, you know, decided to be sponsors, show them what they've made, have a show and tell, meet them and kind of have a celebration of of how the Lord has formed them uh, over the last five years. So that's kind of a five-year plan. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. So why don't you go ahead and pray? So Father in heaven, we just uh, are grateful to have had this conversation and this conversation can go out and be heard by others. And I hold Lisa before you. I hold the work you have put on her heart and what you put on her heart many, many years ago. And I ask your goodness upon that which she and Alfredo are about. And so I hold her before you, holding this work and what the maps have uh, really unfolded in her life and in the life of those that she has uh, worked with. So bless her abundantly. 
In your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks for the prayer, Sybil. Go ahead. I just want to thank the One Life Maps, you all as trainers. There's there's an authenticity to what you bring to this workshop, which is yourselves. We we talk about curriculum as being uh, one part of it is the written curriculum that you have. Um, Another part is the methodology that you use. the students ourselves are part of the whole curriculum. Um, there's implicit curriculum that when you come into the room, you see the visual uh, aids so attractive, the table decorations. So there's things that have just imply in uh, uh, excellence and desire for quality and attention to detail. But to me, it's th- what Parker Palmer calls the incarnate uh, curriculum. It's it's the teacher and you teach who you are and the fact that you have done the hard work of looking over your lives and 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 e- examining the experiences that the Lord has given you 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 are the curriculum and so getting to know you and Sharon I've read your name and um, and with Joan and of course C and Sybil that that has been a very enriching part and to me it's uh it's just as enriching and impactful as you know the map itself so i rejoice at seeing that and celebrate uh, Mm. the pathway you guys have walked on and been brought together you know with people like susan and rebecca and the other names that have been mentioned that are that are part of you know this entire uh creation so God has knit together quite an interesting team, and we're always looking for more people to join that that team. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're always looking for people who want to experience the maps, people who want to take the maps to other people, um, volunteers for our team as well. And so, yeah, come find a way to join us. You can find out more about us at onelifemaps.com. Um, Oh, I don't want to forget to mention that we have audio meditations on Patreon, um, www.patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash One Life Maps that we do audio meditations. um, And it's a thank you gift for people who would like to support us with a gift of $5 a month or more. And those are just, I just love those audio meditations. And we have all kinds of ways to get involved. So if you're interested in the idea of becoming a facilitator, go to onelifemaps.com and look for the tab that says become a facilitator. You'll find a place to put your email address in there and then that puts you on our list to get invited to join us for the monthly free facilitator calls. And um, there are so many ways that we try to make sure that we keep giving people what they need to be able to help people recognize and respond to God in their story. That's what we do. And it would give us incredible pleasure to have you join us. So thank you, Sybil, once again. Great to be with you and with Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. De nada. De nada. (laughs) This has been (laughs) Lisa Anderson, Umania, Sybil Tanner, and Sharon Swing signing off. Have a great day. Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life? 
and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes. You're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com.